world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Man, I got a thousand directions I want to go today. I, sa- I said to my wife, uh, uh, I hate computers, by the way, <laughs> passwords. <laughs> oh, geez. Because uh, uh, I, I can't get into my own <laughs> email here because I changed the password. I don't remember, don't remember what it was. And uh, I, today is show number, uh, where is it here? Hang on a minute. 2077, I think. Something something unbelievable. If I can get back. To, if I Hang on. Get back there, coach. Click on that thing. Go here, coach. Go right here, coach. Okay. Today is show, show number what? 2077. And I, I told Michelle just before I walked down, down the steps, and man, I've done this 2077 consecutive weekdays. Guess it's amazing, isn't it? And to think how I can't even I can't even type. This is this is something that it proves that uh, studying really does really does change you. It really does. Bible says to study to show yourself approved. And there's a lot of things that, uh, that I don't know if pride is the right word. A lot of things about this show that I'm proud of. And that's the fact that, boy, we take on a lot of different stuff. And every time we take on something, I, I, I go into a, it leads me into another rabbit trail, you know, another rabbit trail. And I've often said, I don't, I don't care I don't care what's true. I just want to know what's true. <laughs> I don't care. And I don't know about you guys. If it's not true, I don't want to believe it. And if it is true, I want to believe it. And I don't want to believe something that's not true just because it makes me feel better. And uh, so that's why I love this show. And I love you guys. Well, I don't love all of you. But I love love the fact that that you let me go where I want to go. But we were talking before in the in the show before we got gone. We're talking about how quickly people get offended, get offended, and because they've they've been deep they've held on to some deeply held religious belief that may not be true. In fact, if you were to ask them where they learned that, they maybe they couldn't tell you. They just well, I've always just always believed that, and I was raised a Lutheran, using it as an example. I was raised a Lutheran, and I just always believed. I was raised a Catholic, and I, I just always believed that. And because you've lived 50 years or 40 years or 35 years or 70 years in the midst of some type of religious organization, you're afraid to be the old whack-a-mole, stick your head up and look around, see what, what everybody else thinks for fear you're going to get whacked by somebody. And... We, we get to the point where we, we hold so deeply our, as Mark Trump would tell us, our first truth, that it really, really kind of becomes a burden and a hindrance to us. So, uh, as usual, I love, I love doing this every morning. I'm going to tell you something. I don't always know the truth. I don't know the truth. I'm searching it. And I can tell you this. I know a lot of things that I used to believe that aren't true. And I'm not going to go, I'm not going to wrestle, arm wrestle with you over it. Do you want to believe some of those things? Go ahead. I know they're not because here's what the Bible tells me. You shall know the truth and the truth, if you know it, shall make you free. And we know this, that Satan is the author of lies. In fact, it says he was a father of lies. He was a liar from the beginning, that there is no truth in him. And in this struggle that we have living this life, that we, this thing we call life, the struggle is between good and evil, right and wrong, truth and lies. At the very heart of it, that is what it is. Why do you believe what you believe? Can you justify why you believe what you believe? Who told you that? How do you know they knew it? 
That's how we end up with so many different denominations and so many sets of beliefs. And uh, somebody taught it to us, and we never took the time to go dig it up. So I, I made somebody mad on Facebook the other day because I'm uh, maybe somebody can find find it for me. Uh, so I'm just going to throw this out. Be a good one for you to chew on this morning. Where does it say that the tares are gathered and burned first? Does anybody know where that is? Because I, I posted that on Facebook. And oh, my goodness. Did I start a fight? When I'm, I'm just, I just quoted the scripture, and the scripture says that the Lord, well, it's not the Lord, but that the, the tares are bundled and burned. The tares Matthew 13.30. Matthew 13.30. Pull that up for me. Matthew 13.30. And I just asked a simple question. How does this line up with the rapture? It says, let both grow together into the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Dudes, that's a deal breaker there, isn't it? What does that mean? What does it mean? Because, see, we've been, we're being taught in dispensationalism, and I'm not here to argue that. I'm, we're being taught that we get gathered and taken out. Isn't that what we're taught? We're gathered. But Matthew says, no. Then both gather again until the harvest. And then in the time of the harvest, I'm going to say, hey, go get those tares, bind them up, and burn them babies. <laughs> Believe the wheat here. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Okay, so I want, I want to take you someplace else today. Uh, uh, oh, my goodness, my goodness. Know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Pull up for me, Matthew chapter 5. How many of you trust Jesus? Trust what Jesus says. I trust what Jesus says. We do. And, you know, there's things out there such as what they call red-letter Christians. Red-letter Christians meaning they really only believe the words in red in the Bible. In other words, Jesus said it. That's what I believe. Paul, maybe not so much. Timothy, uh, maybe not so much. You've heard that, I'm sure. So I was was thinking this morning as I was doing doing our show prep, Matthew 10. Let's start in Matthew 10. Matthew 5. I'm sorry, Spence. Scroll down to verse 10. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Hey, Gene Schroeder, this is right out of the lips of Jesus Christ himself, okay? And you tell me, friends, if this is ever preached in your church. Meaning what? We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world, right? What does that look like to be the salt? What does that look like? So blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. What? Blessed are they who get persecuted when they stand up for what's right. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Dudes, I could go a month on that that scripture right there. First of all, persecuted for rights for doing the right thing for speaking the right thing and when i do that i have the kingdom of heaven i thought the kingdom of heaven is someplace i went when i died i thought right hang on stay with me ask yourself when's the last sermon you heard in your church encouraging you to be hated Blessed are you these are the words of jesus this isn't paul this isn't timothy this isn't john Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. When was the last script sermon you heard on that? To go out and say things that are going to make people hate you? Does anybody think I'm misreading this? Blessed are you. Why would men revile you? Why would men persecute you? Why would men say all manner of evil against you falsely? For my sake. Well, it seems to me that you're standing up for him for his sake. And when you stand up for him for all these sake, they're going to revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you. Does anybody read that any differently than me? When's the last time you heard a sermon on that? When the pastor told you at the end of the service, now go be hated. 
No? No, we have just the opposite, right? We have the opposite. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. What? For great is your reward in heaven. Oh, my goodness. Go back. Go back. Go back to 10. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So there is a heaven and a kingdom in heaven. What? The kingdom of heaven. And then there's a place called heaven. For great is your reward in heaven. What? Why? Because they persecuted all the others before you who told the truth just like that. And if you're going to be a truth teller, they're going to hate you. They're going to revile you. They're going to persecute you. They're going to say all manner of evil falsely. And how many Christians do you run into where they tell you, oh, you're not to be judgmental. Oh, oh, coach, don't be so harsh. Don't say those words. Why? Make them like me? It says if I tell them the truth, they're going to hate me. Yes? You just saw the earth. Not sugar. But the salt loses its savor. It ain't ever going to be salty again. And if you become just Mr. Nice Guy, you're going to be you're good for nothing. You'll be trodden, cast out, trodden under the foot of men. You're the light of the world, he said. City set on a hill can't be hid. Men don't light a candle and hide it. Men don't get the truth of the gospel and not say it, not speak it. No, they don't put it under a bushel. They don't shut their mouth and agree to disagree. They put it on a candlestick. They stand up and they speak the oracles of God. And when you do that, you glorify your Father in heaven. And what's the result of it? They're going to hate you and persecute you, say all manner of evil against you. Do you see it here? Do you see it? Boom. Coach, it hurts when I poo. When I poo, it hurts my butthole. <laughs> yeah, probably does. Probably does. So men, uh, let your light shine before men. He said, don't think I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I didn't. I came to fulfill it. Huh? Oh, my goodness. And so we look around the culture and society, and people say, Coach, I, I really I heard a lot. Coach Dave, why do you let that stuff bother you? The Bible all says all that stuff's going to happen. Dudes. <laughs> to me, it's like admitting defeat, right? Because if I see some little kid who's being taught lies, that ain't, a, that ain't about me going to heaven, friends. It's about me loving my neighbor and standing up and doing what I can to defend him and to protect him. John Loveland says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You're going to be persecuted if you're speaking the truth. They tell us that. Why don't we preach on this? Why don't we? You won't find the word nice anywhere ever in the scriptures. Nice? No, you, you point out, to, look, things just start in your own house. Start in your own house and tell your own children the truth about their behavior and see the reaction. Do they love you and come, oh, dad, thanks for telling me that, dad. Thanks, I needed to hear it. No, 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 no. They grab their stuff, and they go out the door, and they're mad, and then they don't call you for a week. Somebody might say amen, right? Well, the promise is they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. So I'm not... I don't purposely make people hate me. I speak the truth and they hate the truth. That's why we have the shirts. Truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. And we're in the mess we're in because we've refused to be the salt of the earth. We've chosen to be sugar, molasses, honeycomb, pick whatever it is. Coach, you shouldn't say that. Shouldn't say that. Why? Why shouldn't I say that? Why shouldn't I say that? What they're doing is wrong. Why shouldn't I say, pardon me, uh, your teenage daughter going to the prom, she looks like a slut. Why would you send your daughter out with a slut? You know, I said that earlier this year. Do you have any idea how many ooh, smacks in the face I got on Facebook? You're judgmental. Why are you being so judgmental? Well, because I can see your daughter's stuff. That's why. And I'm a boy. And I know what it's like when young men see girls' stuff. And I know it's an advertisement for her that is for sale. And I have more respect for your daughter than you do. 
and they hate me, right? Right? So that's a conflict. Of, that's a that's that conflict. Jesus, they hated. He said they hated me first. Scroll on down, doesn't it? Think, think not. I come to destroy the law, the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but fulfill. Oh my man, whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men also to do it, we call the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, same shall be called great in the kingdom. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right, I'll get I'll get off of it. I'll get off of that. Uh, I have a soft heart. I don't. I don't want to say mean things. I don't. But who's your fidelity to? Who's your loyalty to? Is your loyalty to the Lord, or do you love your children more than you love the Lord? So you won't speak the truth to them. Do you love your friends more? Do you love your coworkers more? Do you love the people you go to church? Do you love them more than you do the truth? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Why won't you stand up and defend him? Because the church has taught you that's mean and judgmental, and we're not supposed to judge. Right? Oh, my goodness. I, I, uh, well, I'm, 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 I'm rambling. I'm rambling. Bless y'all. Uh, Amen, brother. It's all good, and it's all good. I'm getting a lot of com- I'm reading the comments. I can't keep up with it because I because uh, uh, some of you out there with me. See, if you love if you love people, you tell them the truth. You love them, you tell them the truth. Amen. We think love is lying to them. My wife's going to go out the door, and she doesn't look good with what she has on, because I love her, I'm going to say, honey, maybe you shouldn't wear that. That's love. And then she gets mad at me because now she's got to go change clothes. That doesn't happen. I'm using that as an example. My wife always always looks good dressed modestly, right? That's why the salt's lost its savor. It's good for nothing. Said to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. I got to show you something today. It, uh, get my notes up here. Oh, uh, pull up court remedy. I'm going to show you this. This is amazing. I don't know. I don't know where I found it. Put it at the uh, 27 minute mark. Folks, let, let me, let me try to, this is, this is a video. It's an hour and 15 minutes. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know him. Uh, James, James, Jack, what's his name? Down at the bottom, it tells us. Uh, Jaron Jackson. You don't have many followers. And he he blew the whole thing open. I'm going to give you this in a nutshell, and I'm going to play this. I, I didn't know this. You'll find this if you watch the whole thing. The people in Tennessee who are being charged with uh, – the face violation. He shows you all this in this video, by the way. Did you know that uh, abortion, the the, the, um, the legal beagles who made abortion legal, did you know that they did it under the Commerce Clause of the Constitution? Do you guys know what the Commerce Clause is? Commerce Clause has to do with buying, selling businesses, regulating businesses. Did you know that they called abortion, are you ready for this? They called abortion a service. Like you can go get your shoes, like you can go get your tires changed, you can go get your car worked on, you can go get a haircut. And so they they made abortion a service. Friends, listen, don't miss this. Abortion, he points out is a service. You go, like you go to get your teeth cleaned, like you go to get your appendix taken out, like you go to get your toenails trimmed. Abortion is classified as a service, regulated as a service. Abortion is legal because they've regulated it as a service. Murder is not, oh my goodness, 
What do we call baby murder? Abortion. We call it a service. And so it's regulated under service, under the uh, commerce clause. Did anybody know? Anybody ever know that? I never knew that. I never knew that. And so all the laws and everything that are put into place, they are, they are defending abortion because it's under the commerce clause and it is a legal service. Abortion itself is murder, but we never, ever identify abortion as murder. Are you, do you see where this is? This thing is so good. You know what was really good about it? At the beginning of this, it's an hour and 20-some minutes. He says at the beginning of this, does anybody know those 11 people down in Tennessee? I've got to get this information to them. i got to get this information to them. And wouldn't you know, I'm, I know the 11. I know them. Now, he tells you, I'm going to play a little clip here. He tells you that the lawyers are not, they don't get, they're not taught to argue this. They're not taught to argue this. So every argument we're making regarding abortion, see, we call it abortion, don't we? We don't call it baby murder. We call it abortion. It's a service. It's like cleaning your teeth. We're trying to regulate cleaning your teeth. It's under the Commerce Clause. You can't regulate cleaning your teeth, right? You with me? You with me? Abortion is the murder of a human being. And every time we call it abortion, we're making it a service rather than a murder. Look, you got to watch the whole thing. Go ahead. I, I told you to put it, whatever mark I told you, just listen to this. It's just some guy. It's just some guy. Go ahead and play a little bit of it. That is your freedom right there. That little two-minute bit, that is where you you will be free. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. He also points out language. Look at this. Nearly three years after a group of anti-abortion protesters. Cal Zastro is not a protester. He's a rescuer. Language matters, doesn't it? He's a rescuer. He's called by his God. It's a religious freedom issue, not a business issue, not a commerce issue. Cal Zastro is not an anti-abortion protester. He's a Christian rescuer. Do you understand language? Language matters, folks. Language matters. And they let we let them drag us into court as what? A commerce protester. I'm against that service being provided. Well, what is that service? Well, that service is murder. Oh, well, murder is not legal. <laughs> never has been, never will be. Oh, my goodness. Keep playing it. I'm going to show it to you, and I would encourage you guys to follow my teacher, Dave Jose, Real Dave Cares for you on uh, Twitter, and, and take his webinar so you can learn. But th- let's go on. The federal government presuming murder as a commercial activity called abortion so when you call baby when you call murder abortion you're actually speaking about a medical service the government is going to look at abortion and think it's a medical service the medical service is provided by an entity that was created and it's participating in commerce so whenever you fight abortion you're actually disrupting commerce All of abortion that's always been legal, air quotes, in America has always been under commercial presumption. So so hang on. So folks, understand this. When these 11, when they went into that place and they sat down, they were interrupting commerce. Do you understand this? Do you understand? They were interrupting the ability of that doctor to make money and the people to be able to uh, uh, trade their money for service. You you get it? They're convicting all of these guys under the Commerce Clause. Go ahead. Read Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade that consolidated three three actions in commerce to attack a criminal statute in Texas that was vague and ambiguous and derogated commercial regulation. So they struck down the Texas criminal statute, which then created the right of abortion. But the right of abortion is a medical service. It's not murder. You are claiming murder because murder is a crime. Murder is unlawful. Murder goes against the right to life. Does that make sense? Okay. 
Un- so, so the federal government presuming murder as a commercial activity called abortion unlawfully. So now the now you're saying the federal government is doing something unlawful. The federal government unlawfully regulates murder in public entities called abortion clinics. Everything in commerce was created by the government because government regulates commerce. So when it creates an entity, he controls that which he creates. If the government created an entity that's in commerce, it can destroy the entity if it violates uh, inherent rights. This is stuff, this this is just the law, Uh, which exceeds the grant of power in the constitutions. So you can't go beyond the power of the constitutions. Um, and again, this, this stuff right here, uh, my teacher, Dave Jose, he goes through all this stuff in much greater detail and he shows you all this stuff. Um, so, so follow him, uh, take his webinars, or I should say, join his associations and learn the fundamental law. The U S constitution does not confer a right to abortion. The constitution doesn't give anybody the right to an abortion period. And I'm going to show you that in writing. And that's delicious too, by the way. Affiant was arrested. So what we're doing here is we're, we're saying, we're, so we're saying that the federal government is unlawfully regulating murder as abortion. So what's happening is, a, is murder, but the government and everybody else is calling it a commercial enterprise. They're calling it wow, medical great, services. Huh? So they regulate it as a medical service and a commercial activity. So when you protest uh, what they can do in commerce, you're actually acting unlawfully. But this is why you assert your rights to conscience and you say, I'm declaring what the law is, which murder is happening in there. Murder is happening in there and that can't happen in commerce. Okay, do you understand so this? Okay, t- I'm not gonna, you got to watch this. You understand what he's saying? You're not protesting abortion. That's a procedure. You're against baby murder. And by the way, that is an issue of conscience. And the Tennessee Constitution, if he gets down there, tells you that, you have, well, you have the right to worship Almighty God according to your own conscience. So if it's a murder, you're showing up to prevent a murder, not an abortion. When you show up to prevent an abortion, you are interfering with commerce. And you guys see this? You see, this is genius. This is genius, man. So this thing's about an hour and uh, 28 minutes. Put that in the chat. I played it twice last night. I thought, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So they're treating abortion to be no different than having your tooth extracted. It's a procedure. But we haven't identified what abortion is. What is abortion? Can somebody tell me what abortion is? It's commerce. Well, yeah, it's commerce. But what is it, though? At its heart, what is it? Medical procedure. No. It's murder. Oh, it's, it's murder. murder. It's murder. It's murder. Murder. Murder can never be legal. Can never be legal. And we argue. We argue the wrong thing. We mm-hmm. argue the wrong thing. And so those eleven showed up because why? Their conscience, which they have the right to freedom of their conscience, that the government cannot restrict freedom of conscience. When they show up, they are showing up to lawfully prevent a murder. They're not trying to stop an abortion. They're trying Amen. to prevent a murder. You, you see it? It's uh, I'm, I mean, mental gymnastics, right? Linguistic gymnastics. That's what they do to us. But I, look, I'm going to tell you, this is so powerful. Roger Weaver, you need to watch this. Elaine, you need to watch this. Anybody out there, you need to watch this. Because if we can get that in our mind, that they've played these word games. By the way, in that video, he takes you right to the law books. He shows you what the law says. He shows you what the law is in Tennessee. And <laughs> commerce, huh? commerce, they're, they're protecting commerce. That's why when they legalized abortion, they did it under the commerce clause. And they called it abortion, not baby murder, right? Oh, I got a thousand things to talk about. Come on in, Dale. Coach, I watched the video. It blew my mind because, just hear this out, I, I was telling you about my friend who is a constitutional attorney from Louisiana, graduated with Mike Johnson, FBI, right, went in there, retired last year. He was telling all these years that we were coaching. You ever hear the truth and you're not connecting the dots? Yeah. When right. I watched the video, everything that everything. this guy, Jerry Bizet, was telling me was 
the the whole he goes let me tell you what really changed everything in america early 1900s when the commerce clause became part of our constitution yeah. and i'm like made no sense to me when i watched i got goosebumps you know why because i actually gave crampton steve crampton jerry bizet's phone number that jerry bizet was going to work pro bono to help them with this case in tennessee do you know what he had introduced this right here what this guy was saying brother this is oh my gosh it, it, it floored me floored me last night to sit here and watch that video and all of a sudden truth came alive to me and Amen. i went that's it this is that this is exactly that i would encourage everybody to watch that video i don't watch long videos coach i'm just sound and i want to say this other thing matt that that sermon on the mount that sermon on the mount everybody loves that little bread basket of the first few verses yeah sermon on the mount is chapter five chapter six chapter seven brother there's yes, no sir. black letters it's all red all, it's all red. red letters amen amen baby oh they, they so tricked us friends listen i'm just telling you it's the key to ending baby murder. We have to call it baby murder. They're not, as as uh, uh, we've heard a number of times, they're not abortion clinics. They're murder mills. They're murder centers, right? And there's no, you, you're, not allowed, you're not allowed to murder. Uh, murdering isn't a business. Mafia can tell you that. It's a, it's a, if it's a business and you get caught, you go to jail. This is not about abortion. It's about murder. Paul, come on in. Sorry, Coach. This really hits me exactly where everybody needs to be because, um, you know, when COVID hit three years ago, it was personal for people. I got up in this huge venue because I was the first to lose my license over this BS. And I told everybody in there, Dr. Northrop and thousands of people, I said, it's about the sanctity of life. Amen. And that's what I said. And that's what I said when I was, when you first invited me in, Coach. And if you think about the connections and the taking an oath to the Constitution, well, the problem with the Constitution is it's changed, right? Take no oath. It says it in the Bible. And, you know, the reason why I'm here every single morning, as much as I can be, is because you are the only venue that keeps going back to this, you and Dale and everybody else. And people need to see the numbers. It is astounding. It is $3 billion. And they knew this in 1973 that they killed every second born male. It's always about, it always been about killing, right? Coach. They didn't kill me. And when I went to the hospital and I stood there and I was freezing because I sat and I knelt in front of a church, 10 below zero on my T-shirt. And they brought me to the hospital and they, they attacked me and they hit me with a bunch of needles and put me in a psych hospital right before they did that. And I have it. I have my medical records. I yelled at them and I said, I am not an abortion. These are doctors and nurses and orderlies that attacked me and, and did that. So we are crazy, Coach, and we, we are, are hated. We are crazy, right? They're wordsmiths. By the way, Janine put in the chat, Webster's Dictionary, said they make merchandise of my people. Pull that up there, Spencer, real quick. What is merchandise? What is merchandise? The objects of commerce. Commerce. Wares, goods, commodities. Whatever is usually bought or sold in trade. Can you see body parts? But provisions in daily sold market, horses, cattle, fuel are not usually included in the term, and real estate's never. Trade, traffic, commerce. Is that are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding? They're making merchandise of our people, folks. They're literally calling the killing of babies merchandise. They're calling it that. That's the only way that they're able to pull it off. Wow, wow, wow. My eyes get opened. Glenn. Come in. Yeah, I started watching that last night, and then uh, I got about halfway through it as I was falling asleep. So I have to finish it today. But, but it's it it really opens your eyes because we're trying to make the argument against the you know the judges using this commerce clause, and we're trying to make the argument against that. And we're, yes. we're it's not the right argument. 
No. And, and I don't understand why the attorneys don't know that. Uh, well, but obviously they're, 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 they're approaching it from the wrong direction. They're not taught that, are they? They're not talking. See, evidently, we, evidently not. Folks, listen, we use all the devil's language. We use the devil's language. We call it abortion. It's murder. We call it an abortion clinic. It's a murder mill. We, we can't win on their we can't win on their argument. Right. So we we're cannot to win argue. their argument, right? Yeah. Right. Hey, but Dr. Paul, that guy's not a doctor. He's a murderer, Doc. He's a murderer. He's not a doctor. You get it, friends? But you can't use that language. Why? Because why wow, they'll hate us. They'll hate us. We start using that language. Right? Bible just told us that they're gonna hate you. If you call spade a spade, they're gonna hate you. Brett, come in. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, yeah, it's quite a revelation. That, that is for sure. I don't want to. I don't want to douse the fire, but where? How does it play in? Somebody said a couple days ago on the show that they still have not determined when a baby becomes a human, becomes man. Human is the wrong word. Becomes man. Becomes a person. Um, how would that play into it? I mean, uh, Brett, that's a, that's not even an argument. That's not, that's not even an argument. Not, not to, to us. Hang on a minute. Not hang to on us, a minute. It's not. Hang on a minute. We don't even make that argument. We know when life begins. I did I did a show on that the other day. We know when life begins. We don't even make that argument. Why? Because it's a commerce issue. Oh my goodness! I wouldn't, I, Brett. I wasn't arguing with you. You're right. We don't even we don't even make that. We have given in to the idea that murder is choice. We've accepted it. And if you're Agreed. Agreed. if you're pro, if you're against abortion, sorry, why you're against choice, folks. There's no law anywhere ever that gives you the right to kill another person. You cannot choose to kill another person. We're making the wrong argument. Randy, come on in. I'm trying to find something here as I'm talking to you. Randy. Coach, <clears throat> Coach, I texted yesterday when I watched that. Uh, Jaron is a good friend of mine. I've campaigned for him twice for Congress, and he's an arm, ex-Army Ranger. He lives not too far from me here, Coach, and uh, we just haven't been together a lot lately. But if we, I can get him on the show, Coach, anytime you want to put him on Get here. him on, man. Let's get him on. This is unbelievable, he's man. Yeah, it's it's he's got a he's got the right approach. But coach, I want to say this. Uh in one of our declarations is it says we need to replace maritime law back to get it back to common law because right. courts are ruling under the maritime law. That is the, under the commerce clause. That that is so true, coach, and that's one of our decrees and it's it's going to happen, but it's just going to take a lot of us wising up to this just like we're doing now. Amen. So do me real, real quickly here, pull up, uh, go back to that video, if you would, please, and pull it up at the 32-minute mark, the 32-minute mark. This, folks, this is just, fa I'm telling you, this is fascinating. You know this guy, huh? Yeah, let's get him on. Go ahead, go ahead and play this real quickly. Jihad this. May 26, 1994, to amend Title 18 U.S. Code to assure freedom and access of reproductive services. Recognize it says services and not murder. Do you see that? Here we go. Purpose. Pursuant. What, what did we just say? What did we just say? We said the Constitution does not regulate to uh, uh, confer abortion. Affiant was arrested and prosecuted by a statute made in pursuance of regulating commerce. You were just convicted of a crime because they're considering you as affecting commerce. That is why you're going to go to jail. You are going to go to jail because they a jury said you were violating commerce. What we are doing is we're going to the fundamental law, which is the highest law in the land, and saying you were declaring the law by saying they're murdering babies. And by you swearing to that, you're directing the government's attention to what it is already in agreement and bound to do, which is to defend life. Government can't regulate commerce. Or government can't regulate murder because murder is unlawful. It can't do it. 
Wow. And your attorney wow. doesn't argue this. The judge Myra, doesn't come on in. Myra, come on in. Thank you. Yes, concerning the fatherless um I have it right here. My apologies. Oh. Well, yes. Uh concerning who do we love? Thank you for that, coach. For your grace. Who do we love and commerce cross? It is written Mark 12, 30 through 31. Pretty basic. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The second one, and the second one is like namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than this. Hallelujah. Thank you, love coach. those little babies and stop murdering those little babies. It's a commandment. Sheila. Because we're a corporation, that's why we're under this form of law. Huh. Roe wasn't raped. Roe wasn't pregnant. Roe did not have an abortion. Gloria Allred picked up the case. They ran with it. And Roe didn't have to go to prison for her crimes. Not related to any of this. Hmm. And because we're under a corporation, that's why they word things the way they do. That's why we no longer have victim rights because we're not an entity that has the rights because we're chattel of the corporation. Mm -hmm. And this was just confirmed. There's a little precious little four-year-old out in Arkansas. Mom crossed state lines, went into a drug area. The four-year-old escaped. That caused mom to be arrested. And the Arkansas DHS agent working on this case told the grandmother on a call, you don't understand. We have a copy of his birth certificate. We have a copy of his social security number. He is now chattel to the state of Arkansas. It was stated to her during the call. Wow. There it is, huh? There it is, folks. We, we, man, we, so, there's just so much we don't get. Pull up for me. Uh, oh, my goodness. Which one is it? Pull up Satanism. Pull up this video on Satanism. Say, hey, folks, look. Are, are, are you looking at me? <clears throat> Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. When they say religion, they were talking about Christianity. When they were talking about religion, they were talking about sex, S-E-C-T-S. Different denominations. Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a denomination, nor prohibiting the free exercise of denominations. Hasn't done anything to do with the church, the church universal. What is the what is the church universal? So when we got to the point where we said, well, there's freedom of religion. No, 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 no. There's freedom of religion as long as it lines up with Christian values. It's freedom of that. Why isn't murder? Look, see, look, folks. Murder, the killing of an unborn child, is not universally wrong in every religion. It's not universally wrong. Satanism believes in it. There are others that believe in it. The only reason murder is wrong in America is because we have Christian values. If a religion comes along and says, hey, we have freedom of religion, we want to eat unborn babies, which, by the way, that's out there, you know, right? You do know that, right? They can't do that under the clause, under that freedom of religion. Why? Because it's freedom of religion as long as it doesn't violate Christianity. By Christianity, I'm not talking about eating on on Fridays or sun keeping the Sabbath, not, not that, not religious orders, not that. Things you cannot violate. Why can't you violate? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. There is all the law, the Lord told us. There's all the law right there. And as soon as we say, oh, you're not to have Satanism. Yeah, Satan, that's a religion. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've lost our freaking minds, see. That's what happened to us. Not all religions 
are equal. Play this. Amazon is putting out a new cartoon about how Satan was secretly the good guy. Once upon a time, there was a glowing city protected by golden gates known as heaven. It was ruled by beings of pure light, angels that worshipped good and shielded all from evil. Lucifer was one of these angels. He was a dreamer with fantastical ideas for all of creation, but he was seen as a troublemaker by the elders of heaven, for they felt his way of thinking was dangerous to the order of their world. So he watched as the angels began to expand the universe in their ways. From the dust of earth they created Adam, and Lilith equals as the first of mankind. Lilith. But despite this, Adam demanded control and Lilith refused to submit to his will. She what? fled the garden. Drawn in by her fierce independence, Lucifer found her and the two rebellious dreamers fell deeply in love. Together, they wished to share the magic of free will with humanity, offering the fruit of knowledge to Adam's new bride, Eve, who gladly accepted. But this gift came with a curse. For with this single act of disobedience, evil finally found its way into Earth. With it, a new realm of darkness and sin, and the order Heaven had worked to maintain was shattered. As punishment for their reckless act, Heaven cast Lucifer and his love into the dark pit he had created, never allowing him to see the good that came from humanity, only the cruel. So Satan's the victim now? That's where we are. That's where we are. Laura Ann, come on in. Um, Lilith is actually a demon in yes. Isaiah. Yes, yes. So that's who Lily is. And pull that is, up by the hang on a second, Lorian. Uh Spencer, pull up Lilith. Lilith. L-I-L-L-I-T-H, I think. Go ahead. No, no. It won't that, that's that's a that's a demon. I mean, she's it's 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 just named, Spencer, think, hang on a second. Spencer, just Google Lilith. Go ahead. In scripture. Put it yeah. in scripture. And you'll be able to pull up Isaiah. <clears throat> Stay right there. The Bible mentions the Lilith only once as a dweller in waste places. But the characterization of Lilith or Lily as a seducer or slayer of children has a long prehistory in ancient Babylonian religion. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lauren. That's pretty much all I have to say. And then I sent you something that, like, what, how Mother Teresa addressed Bill Clinton about abortion and how a nation that kills its children Amen. kills Amen. itself. Amen. It kills itself. I sent it to your film. Okay. You can look at it. All right. Spencer, pull up. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, pull up the Muppets. Pull up the Muppets. This is the stuff we're dealing with, friends. Go ahead. I'm a Christian, but I'm totally not judgmental. I'm a Christian, but I'm totally not arrogant. I'm a Christian, but unlike most other Christians, I'm totally not rude. Are most other Christians rude? Shut your stupid face, Trevor! I'm a Christian, but I totally don't think I'm better than other people. Thinking that you're better than other people is like putting yourself on a pestle. And I don't do that. Like, Christians who put themselves on pestles are way down here. But I am not that kind of Christian. I'm way up here. I'm a Christian, but I'm totally not stupid. I don't unquestioningly believe something just because my pastor tells me it's true. I unquestioningly believe something because my gender studies professor tells me it's true. I'm not one of those science-hating, illiterate fundamentalists who doesn't believe in evolution. Actually, a lot of creationists are really well-educated, intelligent people. Uh, not according to Bill Nye, moron. And he should know, because he has a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering, and he used to pretend to be a scientist on television. I'm a Christian, but I totally don't believe any of the Bible's teachings on sexual morality. I'm the kind of Christian who is firmly committed to living a way that 1 Corinthians says makes me not a Christian. Did you know that the average Christian kills almost 18 gay people every year? That's not true. It is true. I'm a Christian, but I'm totally a feminist. Definitely a feminist. Oh, totally. 
Coates a feminist over here. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't really call myself a feminist. What? Excuse me? What's the matter with you, bro? Or however you self-identify. Oh my gosh, trigger warning much, Trevor? Trevor, if you don't say you're a feminist right now, I'm gonna drive down to the morgue, cut the ovaries out of a cadaver, and superglue them to your forehead. Fine, I'm a feminist. Yeah, you'd better be, you pathetic waste of an X-chromosome. Being a Christian is all about loving people. It's about being kind. It's about accepting all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds, whether they're liberals or other liberals. Being a Christian is all about changing your beliefs to please the unbelieving world and then calling your fellow Christians haters when they refuse to stop believing the thing you totally believed five seconds ago. Isn't it about Jesus? Isn't Christianity about how Christ Jesus, true God and true man, died and rose again to save us from our sins and to win eternal life for all mankind? That's it, isn't it? Yeah. That's the modern American church for you, for you right there. All right, somebody come on in. Somebody come on in. I'm waiting. It's your moment. It's your big moment. Jock. <clears throat> Come on in, Jock. Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. All right. Sorry about that. It's a right. sickness. Yeah. It's I mean, sickness. this world is sick. I just lost a, a great friend of mine in California. Known her for 40 years. And she's woke, and she's on the love gospel, the cotton candy, you know, the cotton yeah. candy. I heard yeah. that term. I love that term. But uh, she's just, lo everything's love. Everything's love. And I responded. I said, yes, but God is also holy and just. And I ended it right there. But it's just like the world's in a fog that it just can't. I don't know. That's all yeah. I got to say. All right. Well, pull up for me at World History Class. I got this from Pastor Tom Gill this morning. I want to share this with you because this is what's happening to us, okay? <clears throat> Spence will get it up there. Susie, go ahead. While, go ahead, Susie. Then I'll get. we'll get it up there. Carry the kingdom. I'm sorry? Carry the kingdom. Carry the kingdom? That's not, yep. Carry That's the right. kingdom. Kingdoms within us. When I, was a, uh, when I was a high school sophomore decades ago, my world history teacher was Mrs. Holloway, but we called her Granny Holloway. She was a slight woman, scarcely five foot tall, fragile, full of vim and vigor. You know the type. She could speak for hours about the fall of the Roman Empire, the Inquisition, the Industrial Revolution, World Wars. She never sat while she lectured, never stood at a lectern, but moved around the room making eye contact with all of her students. She was demanding, too. And I can't remember how many papers were sent back to me because she would note, you can do better than this, Miss Shaw. But one day during class, an officer aide interrupted her lecture and handed her a note. And she read it silently, apologized, and said she needed to leave the room. We knew it had to be important because Granny Holloway stopped lectures for no one. So we sat in a room talking to one another when the door opened and then walked Mrs. Abels, another teacher in our high school. She explained to us that Granny had been faced with an emergency, a serious one, and it was questionable if she would ever be returning to finish out the semester. We were stunned. Would we get a chance to tell her goodbye? Would we get updates so we would know if she was okay? Mrs. Abels assured us that we need not worry that Granny was safe but needed time and that the best thing we could all do for her and the best way we could show our devotion to her would be to be cooperative with the new substitute teacher. Mrs. Abels confirmed that she'd been asked and had agreed to step in as Granny's replacement. So cheer up, she told us. This could be a good thing. Our teachers still believe in endless homework and projects with deadlines and hard work. She would not bring that into our class. She believed in clean slates. If there were grades that we did not like, she could give us a chance to bring them up. She asked us what suggestions we had to make the semester a better learning experience. Someone mentioned that lectures were boring and wanted more films. Done, she said. Someone else mentioned that a free day now and then would help us if we needed to catch up on our work and other classes. She didn't see a problem with that either. She asked us how we felt about an end-of-the-year party. 
And we said, sure, sounded great. And on and on and on. And Mrs. Abels listened intently and agreed to all of our suggestions and continually emphasized that her concern was that we would have a good learning experience and enjoy the semester. She also reminded us that we were lucky to not be sent out to another other classroom where we would be working to catch up. And that, of course, this was all for Granny. Near the end of the period, the bell rang and the door opened and Granny sauntered in with her usual Granny Holloway attitude. How did they do? She asked. Marvelous, said Miss Abels. They were completely in my hands. Granny then faced us and said, and that, my students, is how a dictator takes over a nation. Not with guns or tanks or laws or mandates. They do it using false promises and gifts. Boom. I can't remember a lesson all through 12 years of public school that made such an impression on me and has stayed with me. We are among wolves in sheep's clothing. Many are being deceived. Stay awake. Buckle up. Put on the form of God. We're going to need it in the days to come. Wow. Amen, huh? huh? Is that it? <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. So, so again, remember, Satan comes as an angel of light. If, if, he, uh, if he came telling us what he was going to do, we wouldn't put up with it, right? We were too smart for that. But he comes as an angel of light, and we saw, swallowed hook, line, and sinker. Mary Beth, come on in. Can you chat that, please? Would I do what? Chat that? Yeah. Yeah, put that stick in. Yeah, it's long. I don't know how we'll do it. Spencer will figure out a way way to get be able to, to get it in there for us. So I wanted to get in today. Randy, we're going to do it tomorrow. I want you to be ready. I want to talk about your declarations tomorrow, Randy. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I, it, I, did, I did my newsletter yesterday, and I sent out the whole idea of declarations and staking and all that. I tried to expose that to a new group of people. I want you to know there's an incredible anointing upon Randy Lunsford and the staking and these declarations. And Randy put together another series. I was going to do it this morning, but we just didn't get a chance to. We'll get, we'll get to it tomorrow. But uh, again, ask yourself this. And you're true. I hate to always be bashing churches, but it's important for us to understand. However many years you've been in church, have they really taught you anything at all about spiritual warfare? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling of down the strongholds. Have they ever told you about that? Have they ever told you about declaring and repeating what God says? Have they ever taught you that the weapons of our warfare are the word of God, is the word of God? Huh? Anybody ever taught you that? To think of the Christian world that we live in, where we are tolerating evil men creeping in unaware, teaching uh, <laughs> evil men crept in unaware, teaching his commandments, the doctrines of men, making the word of God in effect. We sit around, we watch it. We watch the Luciferian forces be in charge, being in control, and the church absolutely, totally non-engaged in any of this stuff that's going on. How does this happen to us? And that's what I would say. There's such an anointing on Randy, this set of declarations that he's put together about every walk of our lives, folks. The Bible says every place you put your feet, it's given unto you as an inheritance. Do we really believe that? Do we really, really believe it? Do you really believe as a Christian man, a Christian woman, you have authority in your house? You really believe that? Do you really believe as a Christian man, you have authority over your children and your grandchildren? Do you really believe that as a Christian man, you have authority over your school board? You have authority over your city council? Does, does it ever appear? Does the church ever teach us that we are to expand the kingdom of God? That we are to t do what? Cast down imaginations and every high and lofty thing that assaults itself against the knowledge of God and bring it in captivity to the obedience of Christ. Has it ever entered into your pastor or any pastor that we would teach people? people how to take dominion in this world and the answer to that question is no and so therefore they don't think we can and i look at all the things that randy has come up with his declarations and the staking and places we've gone and we see fruit to it every time we do it every time we do it and we have to take it more seriously and we have to engage in it more personally we have to do that take authority in our homes in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our extended families. 
We have to proclaim and declare what the Lord says about the situation, not what our eyes see about it. Speak those things that are not as though they were. Faith is the substance of things so for the evidence of things not seen. And you can say it with your mouth, but you don't believe it in your heart. We got uh, we got some moves we got to make. What a time to be alive! See you tomorrow.